This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Mixed Martial Arts Podcast. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by John Littering. Uh, today we're going to be making our fantasy picks for the biggest fights at UFC 216, which goes down this Saturday in Las Vegas. Quick reminder, check out rotowire.com, rotowire.com slash free for a free 10-day trial. Also, you can follow John and I on Twitter. John's at John Littering, that's J-O-N-L-I-T-T-E-R-I-N-E. You can find me at Jake Lit- or at Jakeski52. Uh, and then that'll get get us on Twitter here. So, uh, John, so far, uh, how's it going today? We've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of exciting fights to talk about. But a topic that's been in the news a lot lately is uh, who is Conor McGregor going to fight next? Uh, I guess we can talk about a couple of candidates who the best fight would be and who you'd like to see most. Yeah, you know, it's it's not really clear right now, and it's kind of funny that the way it's supposed to work is if you're going to create an interim title the winner of the interim title fight is supposed to fight the real champion. So in that case, you would think it would be the winner of, of this Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee fight, but the UFC hasn't really totally uh, committed to what their plans are for Connor going forward. Um, the fight I want to see the most is him and Habib Nurmagomedov. And that's simply because Habib's such a good wrestler that I think he would give Connor a lot of trouble and it would be the most interesting fight to watch. But um, I imagine the UFC is going to do all that they can to keep that matchup apart for as long as possible. So, again, the UFC does whatever they want to do, essentially what they think will make the most money, and that's probably what they're going to do here. But we don't have the plan right now as far as to who Conor McGregor's next opponent will be. 
Yeah, well, the fight that makes the most money is, of course, a Diaz trilogy fight. That might not be the uh, the, the most uh, as as far as him defending his belt, but uh, I mean, people are going to tune in for that. That's the that's their current record holder for a pay per view. So, I mean, Nate Diaz is on the table. He's asking for a ridiculous amount of money because he knows that's what it's worth. Yeah, and you know, it's I find it hard to believe that, or at least it's, I don't find it hard to believe. But if if you have a guy who's a champ like McGregor is, he should be defending his title and not, you know, completing trilogies that have nothing to do with the belt. But like you said, UFC is about making money. And if they think that Diaz matchup makes the most sense in terms of dollars, they've shown in the past that they'll essentially ignore uh, um, titles in favor of dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I heard another uh, another name come up recently of course this isn't going to happen because max holloway is scheduled to fight frankie edgar in the detroit card in december that just came out last night but man uh holloway does have a loss to mcgregor on on his record and of course holloway is a much different fighter now 11 consecutive wins later i think that's a sneaky wild card for what would be an awesome fight for mcgregor but that wouldn't happen till early to mid 2018 yeah that would be a terrific fight there are a lot of fight a lot of interesting matchups for connor because he's shown an ability to compete him off the weight classes, which obviously broadens the horizon for people who challenge him. But, um, you know, I don't really, I bet you at this point, the UFC and Connor and his management team and all that, I bet you they really don't have an answer. And it's kind of a uh, touch and go situation in regards to whatever they, whoever's going to win an upcoming fight, you know, this fight or, or another fight could have an impact. Uh, I'm sure they'll run the numbers and look at, whoever they think will draw the most money and you know some combination of the two will be the one that wins out yeah absolutely i mean multiple weight classes multiple sports even we can't really escape a, a pod without at least doing a little counter discussion but let's move on to ufc 216 which is going down this saturday we've got our main event it's an interim lightweight championship again the lightweight champion is technically conor mcgregor at this time but the interim championship is an excellent fight here that I've been waiting for a long time. We've got Tony Ferguson stacking up against Kevin Lee. On DraftKings, Ferguson's 8,900 and Lee is 7,300. Vegas odds are a little farther apart than I thought. Ferguson at uh, minus 220. Uh, Kevin Lee plus 180 underdog. Odds to finish here is uh, are, are minus 220. So we definitely it's scheduled for five rounds, but Vegas doesn't think it will go five rounds. What's your take on this fight, John? How do you see this one playing out? Uh, my take is that I'm with you, and I, even the DraftKings salaries, I'm surprised there's so much separation. Um, Tony Ferguson has been um, on quite the roll. No one has been able to stop him of late. His last loss came all the way back in May of 2012. So you're looking at you know nearly five and a half years unbeaten, beating a ton of good fighters in that time, Edson Barbosa, Josh Thompson, um, his most recent win over Rafael Dos Anjos. Tony Ferguson, at age 33, is one of the rare fighters who has continuously gotten better as he's aged. Um, it doesn't happen often. He's gotten more experience. He's refined his game. He's extremely tall for the lightweight division of 5'11". Um, he holds the, uh, the height advantage by two inches, but he does give up an inch of reach to Kevin Lee. Just an interesting tidbit there. He's a terrific submission wrestler, as is Kevin Lee. Um... This is this fight to me is closer than both the odds and the salaries indicate. Um, Kevin Lee is a terrific athlete. His background is in wrestling. Um, again, a guy who 
His greatest asset has proven to be his submission game. But I think Lee probably is a bit stronger as far as just you know, brute strength. And, but I think Ferguson is the more experienced and the slightly better fighter. But um, I'm going to pick Ferguson to win. But this is certainly one of those cases where if Lee won, I would be far from surprised. Um, the one thing that worries me a little about Ferguson is he's taken a bit too much punishment in some of his fights. Um, the fight against Lando Venata in Venata's debut. That jumps out. He, he, almost, he almost finished him. Yeah, he was almost knocked out on a couple of occasions in that fight. He can get a bit wild that, you know, if, if a fight turns into a brawl, he kind of goes with that. And that's not always the best way to win fights, especially when, you know, you're at this level and you're fighting the best guys in the world in your weight class. But this is a close fight. And um, Hey, John. When, like I said, it, it's a little suspect to me because I think Khabib Nurmagomedov is still the best lightweight in the world and again he's always banged up so you know that that plays a role in it and I believe he was offered this fight if I'm not mistaken and uh, yeah it was supposed to be Ferguson and, and Nurmagomedov uh, earlier in the year but then of course he went to the hospital due to those uh weight cutting issues and 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 from there on out it uh you know, it never materialized, and and here we are. The UFC has to uh, has to go take it from here. You can't get in the cage, you can't fight, and uh, you know, if you can't fight, you can't win. So, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a close fight. It's a good one. Um, yeah. I expect it to go a significant length of time. I don't know if I would I would say I expect it to go the distance totally, but you know, this is a fight that I expect to see. You know, round three, round four, round five, mm-hmm. and uh, I expect it to be close and competitive. Yeah, because it's a championship fight and it's five rounds, I feel like you almost have to get a piece of this one on DraftKings. I always like having that main event give you an incentive to stay up if the fight itself isn't enough. Uh, but you're right, John. Both of these fighters, uh, their average fight time is just a shade under 10 minutes. Uh, so, you know, that that's very similar here. Um, I'm going to go with you, John, and pick Ferguson. I think he's the more experienced, the more well-rounded fighter. His resume of late, you know, in his last five, he, he's, got, he's got Edson Barbosa, Rafael Dos Santos. I, I'm a little, you know, a little bit more impressed with the body of work of late although some of that stretched out because he missed times due, due to injuries so when it comes down to making a pick for this fight i'll go ferguson but it's so close for me and on DraftKings, i already made a DraftKings lineup i'm actually using kevin lee on DraftKings because at 7300 uh we're going to talk about some of the bigger favorites later on uh in, in this show here but at 7300 i mean if, if you do tony ferguson you know you might have to discount using a guy like mighty mouse who of course is way up there in salary we'll get to that one in a bit here but uh I don't know. I just got to go Kevin Lee on DraftKings and hope. I think he, like like you kept saying, the odds are closer, or the the fight is closer than the odds and the salaries indicate. And and because of that, I, I got to go Kevin Lee and hopefully he uses that strength to make contact and get a knockout. And I, I don't really see Tony Ferguson getting submitted, but Kevin Lee's aggressive in the wrestling department. Almost three and a half takedowns per fifteen minutes. Uh, Ferguson has eighty one percent takedown defense, so that's so that's pretty good. But I think if Kevin Lee sticks to the wrestling he might be able to get one or two in this fight and uh, that could make the difference if the uh, fight goes to the scorecards and and we all saw Kevin Lee's uh, finishing ability via submission so I, I got to take him on DraftKings just because of the uh, wider than expected salary discrepancy but but in real life I'm just picking a card where I got to check Ferguson or check Kevin Lee I'm going to check Tony Ferguson in this fight yeah just little separation um I would agree with you that when you take salaries in consideration that Lee's probably the better play. 
but I think the, certainly the body of work, especially recently, of what we've seen of Ferguson, he's a deserved favorite. Yeah, and, and 5.2 significant strikes landed per minute for Ferguson, according to Fight Metric, over a five-round fight that could accumulate to a lot of fantasy points here. So uh, definitely something to watch out for. But let's move on to the co-main event, John. We've got uh, a fight that was supposed to be at UFC 215 uh, between Demetrius Johnson and Ray Borg. Demetrius Johnson, of course, attempting to uh, to make his way into the history books here uh going after anderson silva's title defense record going up against ray borg who uh certainly a game opponent but did have to withdraw from the last fight due to illness borg has had some weight cutting issues so if you're getting a piece of this fight you definitely want to check in on friday and saturday to make sure everything's okay on DraftKings. but there's a huge huge discrepancy john mighty mouse 9700 ray borg 6500 like that's a punt play if you want to take five other favorites in your fight are in your lineup here and then of course the odds huge even a little bit bigger than last time with demetrius johnson a minus 1250 favorite i mean we talked about this in our last show nothing's really changed for you has it john no if anything i'm more confident about mighty mouse than i was before because of board board withdrawal last time you know this is real simple somebody's going to beat demetrius johnson one day everybody in this game loses at one point or another but there's no way in the world anybody can realistically predict when they expect it to happen because he is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world and he does everything perfectly. His technique, his conditioning, submissions, wrestling power, he does absolutely everything. And for a 125-pounder, he finishes fights, which is huge for DraftKings, and that's why he comes in with a $9,700 price tag. Yeah, and I mean the fact that he hasn't been marketable in the past is some of that is just simply because you know the lighter weight classes for some reason just don't go over well as the heavier weight classes that, that's just how it is that's how it's always been yeah um, i mean in general this is probably too much of a blanket statement but you do see more the finishing rates go up the higher you get in weight classes here but that's not the case with mighty mouse because he uh, he submitted wilson hayes did it at you know beat hayes at his own game and uh you know knocked out henry cejudo he, he, he gets finishes, and he is very fun to watch. He is. And, but, I mean, taking guys with that highest salary always scare me simply because if something goes wrong and their opponent lands one lucky punch or they step the wrong way in the cage and their knee explodes or, you know, any million number of things, um, essentially the rest of your lineup, you know, is booted and, and, all, and finished because there's just no room to make anything when you donate that much that portion of your lineup salary mm-hmm. um, to one guy. So yeah, I mean, you're definitely con- you're gonna you're gonna have to pick one or two big dogs if you if you do insert Mighty Mouse in your lineup. And hopefully, as we get further along in this show, we'll uh, help identify some. Continuing to pick him until he actually loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Got to go Mighty Mouse until uh, until the end there. Sorry if the Skype cut out for a second uh, to our listeners here. But let's move on to the heavyweight matchup. This is one I'm really excited for here, John. Uh, Fabricio Verdum is taking on Derek Lewis. I know Derek Lewis said he was going to retire, but that sure was short-lived. Verdum checks in as a minus 255 betting favorite. Lewis a plus 215 underdog. Verdum 8,700 on DraftKings. Lewis 7,500 on DraftKings. John, first and foremost... This is a three-round fight. It's not a main event fight, so that is at least one aspect uh, that that goes in Lewis's favor. Oh yeah, it, it certainly helps. Um, but Derek Lewis, I believe he said on the MMA hour with Ariel Helani, is essentially fighting because he was given you know a very lucrative contract. And that's not to say he's not dedicated to the sport, but he he's a brawler. Um, you know, he admits it. He doesn't hide it. 
his goal is to go in the cage and to throw everything he can and to knock you out as quickly as he can. And that's his game. And um, we've seen issues in the past where he's gassed out. This is a five round. Uh, this is a three round fight. So that certainly helps him. You know, I'm afraid to see what what he would look like against a quality opponent. You know, in round four or round five. But you know, this is one of those fights where if you think Lewis can get a quick knockout, which is certainly going to be his goal, then you put him in the lineup. Your lineup, you see, is a cheaper salary. Um, you know, there's no doubt to me, at least, that um, Fabricio Verdum is you know the better mixed martial artist of the two. He has the better pedigree. He has the better all-around game. He you know can do different things. But he's one of the best heavyweight jiu-jitsu artists of all time. I, I, and yeah. Even if Lewis knocks him down with a punch, Verdum's going to lay there and invite Lewis to come down to the mat with them, and Lewis would be definitely well suited to keep that standing. Right. I mean, I, my, my guess here is if Lewis if Lewis can't end this fight within the first round, he's not going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely a fair I, assessment. I think he's going to go so hard early, which he does in all of his fights. And um, the different the thing Lewis certainly has going for him though is he doesn't really even need to hit you clean, and you people go out. So you know he can broadside you on the side of your head, and next thing you know he's on top of you, raining down blows, and the fight's over. So mm-hmm. anybody with his kind of power is always a a decent drafting. fight in an instant but if you just look at all around game and who's going to be the better conditioned athlete you know if the fight goes to the third round um that's Verdue yeah no doubt about that here Uh, I I am interested to see what would happen if uh Lewis would somehow be able to get the mount if Verdue could use his jujitsu to work his way out of it uh I guess we'll we'll have to see there but um a very interesting fight I'm gonna have to pick Verdue though I got to go the more well-rounded martial artist and I think you're in the same boat John Absolutely. You know, and uh, if you make multiple lineups, you know, I, which we always suggest you do, um, throwing Lewis in one of them or two of them is not a bad idea because of that power. But, you know, if you're looking at it objectively, you know, Verdum has more ways to win. And Lewis, uh, anybody picking Lewis is, you know, picking him and putting him in their lineup hoping for a finish. Yeah, no doubt about that here. Well, let's move on. Uh, continuing to run down the main card here, we got a lightweight matchup between Benil Darius and Evan Dunham. Uh, Darius is a uh, pretty large favorite, almost as much as Verdum, a uh, little bit more than uh, than Ferguson is. Uh, Darius checks in as a minus 230 favorite, Durham plus 190 dog. Darius, 9,000 on DraftKings, pretty high price. Uh, Dunham is 7,200. And the odds to finish here, are plus 130 here, so Vegas doesn't necessarily see this one ending before it gets a chance to go to the judges. Uh, John, how do you see this one playing out? This would be my uh, my major upset pick of the card. I'm taking Evan Dunham, and part of that, the part of the reason for that is, to me, there is very, very little separation between these two, and I'm kind of surprised again that there's such a difference in both the salaries. And the Vegas odds. Um, Evan Dunham is one of the toughest guys in the company, not just in the lightweight division. He's a pain in the neck to fight. He clings on to you. He's gritty. Um, you know, he is 35, but you certainly, I think, he's fighting better now than at any point in his MMA career. Winner of four fights in a row. Um, the one knock you have on Dunham is that. 
he doesn't rack up many finishes. Mm-hmm. You know, 24 career wins. He has six by submission, but only three by knockout. So, um, and as we know, it's hard. To, it's hard to predict when submissions will come. Exactly. So, it's you know, it's one of those cases where I think when you look at the the odds and salaries and the value, that I think Dunham is just. I sir, I think he's going to win outright, but I certainly think he's a better play. And that's not. That's no slight to Darius, who has been extremely impressive. Um, you know, wins in the last you know two plus years. Wins over Jim Miller, Mike Johnson, a very impressive knockout of James Vick, uh, Rashid Magomedov. You know, he, he's had a bunch of impressive wins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is one of those fights, again, essentially a pick em. Um, I'm taking Dunham, but, you know, I understand why people, you know, are, would be on Dariush. But to me, again, little separation. Yeah, this is a very similar one for me, John, that I struggled with in a, in a very, very similar sense as the main event here, where I'm going to have to pick Darius. I like his air, air, I like his body of work a little bit uh, more lately, as far as that that impressive resume that you just listed off. Those guys that he's gone toe to toe with, and of course, uh, you know, seven years younger of a fighter, so I'll give him that as well. But like the main event, John, I think you have to, given all the big favorites on this card, I think you have to use Dunham in your in, in your DraftKings lineup a because of the price i mean it saves you eighteen hundred dollars seventy two hundred uh, opens up a lot of other things for you to do with dunham and uh you, you know what he lacks in finishing ability he seems to make up for in volume 5.68 significant strikes landed per minute in his long ufc career so uh he'll come after you and and, and if Dariush isn't active if he's if he's calm and patient uh like uh like like you mentioned you you, you say you bring up this point in, a, in your preview for the for the website, John, where, where Darius is uh, a little bit calm and calculated, and that doesn't necessarily bode well for DraftKings if you're not throwing at a heavy volume here. Where Dunham, on the other hand, uh, you know, nearly six significant strikes landed per minute is is good, even if it is only a three round fight. So I do like Dunham as a much much better DraftKings pit play. I gotta go with Darius by a hair in the pick, but uh, but uh, again, another close fight that's probably a little closer than what the odds and salaries indicate. Yeah, it's two guys who essentially fight opposite styles. Like you mentioned, Darius is very, uh, very methodical and more weights for his weights for openings and um, allows his opponents to make mistakes. And Dunham is extremely aggressive and at his best when he, he's dragging his opponent into deep water. So, you know, I, I, if this is a fast paced fight, I think it certainly favors Dunham. If Darius is able to slow the pace down, it certainly favors him. But if you, anybody's watched Evan Dunham fight, especially recently, it's extremely difficult to slow him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So keep sticking to the main card, there is a uh, ladies matchup between Kalindra Feria making her UFC debut. Uh, they, they've drawn her up against uh, Mara Romea Barea. Uh, I'm, I, that's one that I'm personally going to stay away from uh, on DraftKings. I, I don't really know enough about either of these ladies. And of course, the uh, the general lack of finishes here. I mean, we saw with the Gadelia and Raj fight that uh, uh, that. The ladies can be the high scorers on DraftKings, of course, and Drage volume striking, but I just don't see that from here. Instead, John, the fight that I want to talk about, the one you write up in your preview, is a lightweight matchup between Will Brooks and Nick Lentz. A very, very intriguing matchup here. Brooks with his back against the wall a little bit, going from being considered one of the better lightweights in the world to really coming back down to earth since joining the UFC here. Brooks is the favorite, 8,600 on DraftKings, minus 320 betting odds here. How do you see this one playing out? This is a real fascinating fight to me because before he entered the UFC, Will Brooks was considered by many to be one of the best 
fighters, really in any division, who, who wasn't with the company. And he's had a tough time. He's one and two. Um, his win was a decision win over Ross Pearson. He didn't look good. Um, it's been a struggle. Um, and there, you know, there are multiple. You know, he lost to Alex Oliveira. Oliveira, even though Oliveira missed weight by you know almost seven pounds. You know, so it, it's hard to take you know knock him for that one. But he needs a win. And Nick Lentz is similar to Evan Dunham in the sense that. He gets by on aggressiveness and wrestling ability and uh, really, you know, just experience. And he's just, he's a fighter and he's a pain in the neck to fight. That That's just the easiest way to say it. But Will Brooks also has a background in wrestling. And the reason I picked him is twofold. Reason number one is I still believe in him as, you know, maybe not a top, not even, maybe not a top five guy only because of how deep the division is, but certainly a top 10 lightly. And I think he realizes how much he needs this win. Um, two inch height advantage, four inch reach advantage. But the main reason I, I picked Brooks is I think Lentz is going to struggle to get a But he's always been known as a good wrestler. His takedown defense in the UFC is over 81%, which is very good. And I don't know how Lentz has always been one of those guys who's a bit up and down. And I don't know how, if he doesn't, if he's not able to score consistent takedowns, I don't know how he's going to be able to win. And that, that's what concerns me the most. I just don't think Lentz can land enough offense to defeat Brooks. Now, if he can get a couple takedowns and is able to ride him out and grind out a decision, I certainly think that would be his easiest path to victory. But I would term it unlikely. And I'm excited because I like Brooks and I think terrific athlete. I still think he has a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. So at 8,600, do you like using him in the DraftKings lineup if you fit him in? Yeah, I think he's a decent play. Um, it, it's tough because Lentz is a good wrestler in his own right, but one thing you have to take a look at is Lentz has averaged almost four takedowns per fight, but his takedown defense is below 50%. So that's another thing. So does, is Brooks comfortable in his hands? Does he back away and um, still try and go for takedowns because Lentz you know, it has a poor, it has a poor takedown uh, defense, you know, statistic. It can go either way, but I like Brooks. I think he has more ways to win. I think he's definitely younger. I think he's the better athlete. And I think he's a decent play at that price. But, again, Lentz is a tough guy who's not going to beat himself, much like Dunham. So Brooks is going to have to win this fight himself, but I think he can do it. Uh, right, absolutely. So speaking of DraftKings plays and strategy, uh, you always need to take some underdogs, some value plays. We mentioned uh, earlier uh, that Evan Dunham is at 7,200, that you like him a lot as a value play. I actually like Kevin Lee a lot as a value play, but I think you need to uh, maybe protect that with at least having Ferguson and a few other lineups just in case. Uh, but overall, John, looking at the card up and down, do any other values jump out at you? You know, the one that I think is a good value play is Bobby Green. And the reason Bobby Green's 7,400 against Lando Venata, who's at 8,800, and the reason I think Green's a good value play in is I expect this. These are two guys in Green and Venata who don't know how to do anything other than brawl. It's what they both do. We were talking earlier about Venata's fight with Tony Ferguson, which was for a while lasted, which is, you know, total mayhem. And Bobby Green has lost three fights in a row, um, all via decision. I'm sorry, two via decision. 
The last one against Rashid Magomedov was a split decision, so you know he's going to be a little angry. But Bobby Green is quick. He's quick hands. He has power in his hands. And in a fight that I expect, And he, Venata is going to, Venata is going to put himself in a position to allow Green to, to finish the fight. Now, doesn't mean he's going to. Venata has plenty of power in his own right. But um, given his salary, I think, I think in what is, you know, essentially a coin toss because of how aggressive both guys are. Um, that I think Green is a good value play. Yeah, the Vegas odds add up. I mean, he's only a plus 180 dog, Venata minus 220 dog. And uh, looking at the odds uh, a little bit more, uh, one matchup where the odds are a little bit closer than, than the salaries is uh, Brad Tavares, or, or I mean, the odds are a little, <clears throat> excuse me, farther apart than the salaries would indicate is Brad Tavares against the Alice Leedies. Uh, Tavares is a minus 200 favorite, uh, seen as much as minus 220 in some places. Leedies a plus 170 dog. But, uh, I mean, Leedy's is 7,900 on DraftKings, and uh, Tavares is 8,300. I mean, there are just a couple things where that this type of mat- matchup mathematically jumps out at me. Um, you know, Tavares is a younger fighter, lands strikes at a higher volume, sports a decent takedown defense at 73%, and I just think the salaries are close for someone who's a minus 200 favorite. So I, I do like using him in, uh, in one of my lineups, actually. Yeah, I mean, that that's the reason I picked Tavares in that fight is pretty much what you said. Just younger, um, younger, faster, and um, Talos Lady's always been a bit up and down. So, But again, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a good card. This is a mm-hmm. deep card. You know, the Brooks and the Lentz fight and the Green and the Venata fight are both, um, you know, on the FXX prelims, excuse me. And those are both really good fights. Um the latest Tavares fight, which you just mentioned, is on Fight Pass. Yep. The Walt Harris, Mark Godbeer heavyweight fight should be entertaining. Mm-hmm. John Moraga and uh, yep. Maga you know, they're good, they're good fighters all up and down this card. Um, in addition to you know the two title fights, uh, yeah, the two title fights. Yeah, I'm actually using Babulov in uh, in my lineup here at 9300 against Moraga because 9300, yeah, that's a decent amount of uh, of salary here. But looking at the betting odds, I mean, he's a minus 525 favorite. That's the second highest on the entire card outside of Mighty Mouse Johnson. And, and I found a way to get him and and Johnson actually um, in my lineup here uh, using Tavares and Dunham and Kevin Lee. And I ended up going with, uh, with um, let's see here, Matt Schnell, too. That was just kind of a wild card uh, uh, in a sim- for similar reasoning as Tavares, the numbers added. So... Who knows? That's going to be my A lineup for the week, and, and we'll see what's going on with that. But uh, as far as excitement of the overall card, is any one of these stick out as the one you're most excited for, John? Uh, you know, I think I, I like this card because there are fights up and down the card who I don't know how they're not entertaining. You know, the Green Venata fight, the Ferguson and Lee fight, any fight with Derek Lewis. You know, there are fights here on this card that seem to be a lock to be high quality and entertaining and you know in a, in a day and age where not all pay-per-views are like that uh this is one mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so something to get excited for i'm excited to watch the heavyweights bang it out john uh, i i just want to see maybe if Derek lewis will, will try to mount fabricio verdun make him carry his weight in any way shape or form i just want to see him mount him and try and rain some terror on verdun uh, i because I, I don't know having having the the black beast Derek lewis 
winning fights uh, and in, you know, even if he's a little bit outside looking in, having him in the title conversation at least, I think that's good for the UFC. He's someone that uh, the fans can easily get behind and uh, he's he's awesome to watch fight because of, of the style that he fights, like we mentioned earlier. So, uh, with like with a lot of cards, I'm excited to watch the heavyweights bang there. So, uh, something definitely to look out for. Yeah, I mean, Derek Lewis, I mean, I think it's at the point where the UFC, they obviously they won't say it, but I think it would be best suited for the UFC if Lewis did win because he's popular and because he's marketable. And the fact that he, I don't want to say he doesn't care, but the fact that he's kind of indifferent in his interviews and stuff like that, I think helps him. I think it, it helps with his personality. It helps with his marketability. And, you know, facing a former champ in Fabrizio Verdum, you know, he well, victory here would put him essentially right on the verge of a title shot he wouldn't need any more than you know maybe another win or two mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure alice Overeem and, and francis and ganu who those guys are scheduled to fight later this year uh those guys might have something to say about that but uh but but who knows what happens and i and i would take either of those guys against lewis in a matchup but i wouldn't mind seeing lewis fight for the belt i know the ufc needs to get their heavyweight uh their contract situation sorted out with steve miocic but uh hopefully we'll have plenty of awesome title fights to uh wrap up this year and uh and of course to start out 2018 uh john uh thanks for joining me so much uh, it's always a pleasure running down these fight cards with you uh and to our listeners thanks again for listening to the rotowire mixed martial arts podcast go ahead if you have a second it helps us out a ton to click a five-star rating on itunes uh, or whatever platform you have to be listening on and of course you can follow john and i on twitter john's at j-o-n-l-i-t-t-e-r-i-n-e I'm at jakeski52. Again, for a free 10-day trial to Rotowire, rotowire.com slash free. No credit cards, no nothing. Uh, most of our MMA content is free anyway, though. Uh, we've always got you covered here uh, in terms of helping you get those MMA lineups going. Uh, well, John, thanks again for joining me. Uh, I know you're as excited as I am for UFC 217 Bisbing GSP at the Madison Square Garden, so we'll talk in advance of that. Sounds like a plan. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Later, guys.